Hello. 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 How are you girls doing? Good. good. Thank you. Yeah. How are you? We're all fine. Now, I see you um, left to right. Is that Karis sitting on the left and Megan on the right? Um, um, I'm Megan. Okay. And Karis. <laughs> okay. It's so great to have you here, girls. You know, um, I I don't know you all that well. I've seen you grow up, actually, because I see you every two years at the missionary conferences. But I wanted yeah. to ask you a few questions about yourselves. And my daughter-in-law, Sandy, do you remember her from the conference this summer? Because she remembered you all. Um, she was on the, I think, the high school team. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Sandy. I remember Sandy. Yeah. She mentioned that you're both musical, just like your mom, that you both play an instrument. Would you share with us what you play and tell us, you know, when do you get an opportunity to play over there? Um, you go first. Okay. Um, I play the cello, try to play it every day because I have lessons every week. Um, I also play the piano and um, every Friday and Sunday I go to band and play a tenor horn. Wow, so you play three different instruments. Yeah, she does. I don't. <laughs> I just play <laughs> I just play the violin and the cornet, which is like the trumpet. Well, that's still very impressive. Uh, most of us in here may not even play anything. Like me, I don't play anything. I was supposed to take piano lessons, but it didn't come out very well. So, <laughs> same. Yeah. Do you all enjoy playing the, um, just playing instruments? Yeah, yeah. I like yeah. the violin most. I've played it for the longest. Uh, I like. I mean, I like playing the cello, but I I prefer playing the piano just because it's like right there and you don't have to like set anything up. <laughs> well, do you all use those? Um, do you all play your instruments in church at all, or, or at school? Well, the the band that me and Megan play in, so the, when she plays the cornet and I play the tenor horn, is at run by church, basically. Yeah, and I sing in church normally, like. Oh, so you sing as well? So yeah, we sing. <laughs> yeah. Wow, that is wonderful. I wish you guys were here because we have a piano just over by the window and you could sing for us maybe someday you'll be here and you can do that that would be so wonderful <laughs> so um, what kind of music do you like the best um, um, well I like I'm sort of on the piano I play sort of poppy kind of things and sort of like that. And then on the cello, I play more classical kind of things. I like a lot of the new worship music that's stuff like the more modern yeah, stuff. Yeah, that's but I still cool. like hymns and things. I like I like pop music as well. I like all sorts of things. <laughs> Anything that's good. Oh, that's great. Do you like Phil Wickham? Have you ever heard of him? I don't think so. No. <laughs> Sorry. Sorry. <laughs> so, um, I the other question I wanted to ask you is, uh, what's it like to be the pastor's kids? I know your church is not that large, so everyone I'm sure knows who you are. Do yeah. You, oh yeah. Does that ever get to be a problem, or 
No, no, I don't, I don't really feel like I'm any different no. to my friends. Like, yeah. we're just all kind of kids at church. It's yeah. not really... It doesn't really matter that we're, like, the pastor's kids and, like, everyone else is just sort of... A I don't feel church. like they treat us any differently. No. So they don't expect you to be perfect or anything like that? <laughs> I, no, I don't think so. No. I mean... You might be better to ask them. Yeah. <laughs> I feel kind of like normal. Yeah. Yeah. Well, they expect good. us to know things like, you know, where books in the Bible are and stuff. Yeah. And they'll ask us questions about that. And to basically be at church every week. Yeah. Well, that's what's kind of a easy. Oh, we like church. So. Yeah. So do you like church? Yeah. yeah. I really like church. It's like a second home. Yeah, yeah. What do you think of your dad's preaching? Do you think he does a good job? <laughs> yeah, I as because because of dad's preaching, I don't really like it when British pastors speak. I only like American ones. Really? So what is the difference between the way the British pastors speak and the way the American ones speak? Just their voice, really. <laughs> I don't know. I think I I think that dad's preaching is kind of more relaxed than yeah a lot of the English like at school we have services in the Anglican church yeah but like they're all kind of sort of they don't preach the same way just read the bible and kind of I don't know it's different yeah I prefer dad's style yeah so maybe your dad explains it better yeah yeah probably yeah Oh, that's really good. That's that's good because I'm sure you guys are very honest because you're the kids. So, um, <laughs> so I just want to ask you also: Are you involved in any sports or anything, or um, anything else you want to share with us about you know life over there? Um, well, I mean, I play hockey and netball. Um, and a bit of tennis. I'm not very good though. <laughs> I do. We both do dancing. I do ballet. Yeah, true. Um, I, She's better than me though. I did a bit of sport. Like I'm kind of. I do a little bit, but not very much. I'm not particularly sporty. Um, but I like. I like cooking and painting. And reading. I hate reading. She hates reading. <laughs> I prefer watching movies. Well, that's perfectly fine. God made everyone different, and it's, you know, good for some people to hate reading because then they do other things. You know, we need that. That's, that's, that's actually very good. I was going to ask you something else. Oh, the last thing I wanted to ask you is, Megan, I know you're 16, so are you a senior or are you a junior right now? I'm a sophomore. Oh, you're a sophomore. Okay. I'm sorry. Sorry about that. What am I? Harris <laughs> would be not in high school yet. Okay. So are you in like junior high, Karis? She's in seventh grade. Oh, in am I? I don't know. Yeah. I guess it's different over here. We, we call yeah. it a different thing. Yeah. Like um, she's in year, I'm in year eight. eight and she's in year 11. Yeah. Oh, okay. So it's one higher. The number is one yeah. higher. So you're year 11. For us, that would be like a junior. So no. that's why I said junior. But for you, that's a sophomore, huh? Yeah, because we start a year earlier. So I'm in 10th grade over there. Okay. All right. 
you go to year 13. So you have you have two and a half more years then, huh? And then what are you going to do? Are you going to go to college somewhere? Or? Um, um, I'm like still thinking like I want to be a doctor, but like I want to apply to university in England and in America because I'm not sure where I want to go yet. Because I'd I'd like to go to Masters. I think that'd be cool. But, I mean, I like living in England as well. And so I'm not sure where I want to go yet. I've got a while before I have to apply. Yeah, it's still early. I probably shouldn't have asked you, but... No, it's okay. We have a lot of stuff at school thinking about it. Well, Karis, do you know what you want to do? Um, well, I, I kind of want to do either something to do with musical theatre or something to do with like a professional orchestra. Oh, wow. That's, well, that's great. I mean, that, that's <laughs> much more into music than I am. Yeah, well, that's, that's perfectly fine. I mean, that's, she's, maybe she got more of that from your mom, right? Because that's, that's your mom. And you, maybe you got a little more of your dad because he likes to read and things like that, right? Well, Well, you know what? It has been lovely speaking to both of you, and we really appreciate you saying hello to us. And um, you want to meet our cat called MacArthur? Of course. (laughs) We didn't know you had a cat called MacArthur. Isn't he lovely? He's beautiful. (laughs) He's pretty fat. Oh, that's great. Well, I hate to say goodbye to you, but we also need to talk to your mom and dad. I hope they're going to be as easy to talk with as you all have been. (laughs) They're all right. Okay. All right. Well, goodbye, girls. Take care. We'll be praying for you. Okay. Thank you. Thank you. And say hi to everyone for us. Okay. To everyone? Is that what you said? Yeah. All right. You want to show them just all the ladies in the room? We'll show you real quick all the ladies that have been enjoying you. Hello. Whoa. (laughs) Hey. (laughs) (laughs) That Ellen? I don't know. I I recognize some of them. Yeah. From the recent missions conference. Yeah. Oh, there's the baby. All right. All right. It was great to see you. Have a good evening, okay? Okay. Thank you. Bye. Bye. Thank you. Okay. Hello, Rick and Sean. It's so lovely to see you this evening. Trying to get ourselves in the picture. Yes. <laughs> How are you both doing? Okay. Fine, thanks. Yeah. yeah. I know you. it's been a busy time, and um, it sounds like you're all very busy and running in different directions. So we really appreciate you coming together for this Skype today. Okay. Yeah, thanks for the opportunity. Sure. Um, let's just go ahead and um, start out with some of the questions that I gave you. And I... We always love to hear just a little bit about your background, um, 
for example, you know, were you raised in a Christian home and um, how you came to know the Lord? Because that's really where, you know, all of this begins. Would you go ahead and share that with us? Yeah, I, um, I became a Christian uh, when I was 16, and uh, I grew up in a, a good Christian home and went to Sunday school and learned all the stories and everything like that. Uh, but it was when I was 16, I was in a, at an evening service at our church, and just there was no particular reason. I can't tell you what the sermon was about, but the pastor was preaching, and I just felt you know, convicted at that point. And um, I went forward that night and dedicated my life to Christ, and then I was baptized about, um, about a couple of weeks later and uh, started wearing out my new... NIV Bible at that point. So that's how I came to Christ. Yeah. Sean, do you want to share with us? Okay. Um, I was raised in a church going home, I would say. Is that, um, my, both my grandfathers were actually ministers. Um, and so we always went to church when I was a child, um, up until about the age of about 11 I think and I don't know quite why but they stopped my parents kind of stopped going at that age so but I decided I'd go back to church about oh, a couple of years later I suppose so I did and I attended pretty regularly but I wasn't a very um it wasn't an evangelical church it wasn't at all an evangelical church it kind of uh yeah, so I don't think I really heard the gospel it was only um when I was in my last year at university I think where I lived, um, there was a girl who m lived there too. She came in to live in that dorm. And um, she, I think perhaps was perhaps the first real evangelical I ever knew. And she wasn't, you know, it was different. I could see there was something different about her. And that and coupled with things happening in my life. Um, after I left university, various other sort of things m came together. And I probably accepted the Lord about six months later. I was about 22. So I started going to another church. And he, I remember that it was an Anglican church. The vicar just used to preach on a Sunday. And I used to think, he's been following me around all week. <laughs> and he knows exactly what I've been up to. <laughs> and so that, but that's the conviction of the Holy Spirit, isn't it? And so, yeah, that was, that was really it. So that was a while ago now. Yeah. All right. Well, tell us how you met. Um, you know, Rick, you're from the States and Sean, obviously England. So how did the two of you come together? Well, we, we actually met at a uh, missions conference in Germany, uh, of all places. And um, we sort of uh, hit it off at that point. And we got to know each other over the next few months because we were working in northern England. Um and then I went off to uh, work in Pakistan for a while, and she was back in uh, England, and we sort of kept in contact. And uh, then we got married the following year. So that's how we met. We, we almost met a few other times. <laughs> I should say I lived in America for four years before I met Rick. So and I've been home for a month. You were... When I Germany. You were trained in New York, right? Were you going yeah. to music school there? Why don't you just yeah. tell us a little bit about that, just so the ladies could know you a little better? 
Okay. Um, yeah, I went to live in New York when I was uh, 24 um, and went and took a master's degree at Juilliard. So that's why I went to the States. And after I did that, that took a couple of years, I went to the University of Arizona in Tucson and was working on a doctorate in, again, both of my degrees are in harp performance because I was trained as a harpist. Wow, that's that's really impressive. I think the ladies are, they're all going, wow, that's, <laughs> that's great. Um, so the two of you met. Now, I guess you were both interested in missions. Is that correct? Before yes. you were married already. Okay. Mm -hmm. And so then once you got married, um, wh what led you to decide to serve there in England? Yeah, well, we um, actually came back to America after we were married. We were married in England. We came back to America with the intention of uh, me going to seminary. And um, once we, once I finished seminary, then we were... Um, asked to consider, you know, missions, which we were already interested in, but we just kind of uh, hadn't really got there yet. We, we got a call to um, begin to consider that option, and we looked at a number of different countries that we could go to, uh, and <laughs> the most obvious choice was England, because I knew that we wouldn't have any visa problems, and uh, that's proved to be the case. Uh, in fact, you know, we've been We've been married uh, long enough, and uh, I've lived here long enough that actually, you know, I can stay in the country without being married. <laughs> but we're we're going to carry on. We hope so. That would really be a good example for us. <laughs> but it's it. Obviously, the Lord prepares people for different fields, and it seems like you're such a great fit, you know, since, you know, you have been there and Sean is from there. So um, that's wonderful. Um, so how many years have you been now married and serving as missionaries from Grace Church in England? About 16 years, I think, coming up to 16 years. I was pregnant with Megan when we came back. So. Wow, that's that's quite a while. Um, do you could you tell us just a little bit about England? Like, what is the national religion, and you know how do people, you know, we know Europe is pretty cold, but just tell us more specifically about England and how people feel about you know the gospel and things like that there. Okay, well, England is a is a pretty um, challenging place to do ministry. Um, you've got a very small percentage of people that would even uh, attend any church, and then you have a much smaller percentage that would be evangelicals, and you know, genuine um, believers are going to be a very small percentage. Um, you're talking about 63 million people or so in the UK, and you're looking at about maybe 1.5%, 1, 1. something like that, very, very small percentage of uh, people that would be um, really evangelicals and people that would be interested in the Bible. Um, so it makes it challenging in regard to uh, evangelism and it makes it challenging uh, trying to share with people because it's not like America. In America, lots of people would be quite happy to strike up a conversation about what they believe. Over here, 
the British Reserve uh, kicks in, and um, people really aren't that sort of open or willing to share about their political views or their religious views, and so it's challenging. Um, so that's that's kind of the general uh, level of things. So are there many evangelical churches there then, uh, or is that even difficult to find a good church for a real Bible-believing Christian? Yeah, I think it's a challenge because there's a lot of liberalism. There's a lot of, um, you, you've got charismatics on one side, you've got very liberal churches on the other side. Um, I'm thinking that there's somewhere between maybe 12,000 to 15,000 congregations that, that might be um, more along the evangelical side of things. Um, but some of those would be very small. Some of those might even be house churches. Those, um, you're not talking about massive churches, really. You're talking about small groups of believers predominantly. But there are some very good churches and some quite large churches uh, sprinkled around the country. In various places. Oh, okay. And you all are in a rather small town. I actually looked at some pictures of your town online just out of curiosity. It's beautiful. And um, so what is that like? Is that its own culture in itself just to be in such a small town? Because we hear so much about London and things like that, the difficulties they're having with Muslims and you know, the persecution there. Do you all experience any of that, or is it just more quiet where you are? Um, we have a very, I can't think of any Muslims. In, we live in a village, really, so it's not even a town. I can't think of any Muslims in the village, but I, I could be wrong. Well, we, we get this we get this question quite frequently because people over there will watch the news. Yeah. And they see what's going on, and they see what's happening in larger cities, uh, London, Birmingham, Manchester, uh, places like this. And so they call us on the phone sometimes and say, hey, you know, are you dealing with this? And we always say, well, no, actually, it's not affecting us because we're outside the perimeter of that sort of um, interaction. Even even in Dover, which is a, quite an international uh, port city that's about six miles from us, th there's not really much going on there either, which is quite interesting. Um, so it doesn't impact us. We have our eyes on what's happening in London, and we watch the news too to see what's happening up in London. <laughs> Yeah, that's, that's really interesting. You guys are kind of, I don't know, it looked almost like a storybook land or something from the pictures. <laughs> and your church is beautiful. Um, why don't you tell us a little bit about your church, like when you became pastor there, and then also some of the history. Um, it's, ladies, it's the oldest Baptist church in the United Kingdom. Yeah, it's a very old church, very traditional um, we the church goes back to 1550, uh, which is the, the marker uh, of the the earliest point of the church because there was a lady by the name of Joan Boucher who was actually burnt at the stake um, in 1550, and at her trial she mentioned that she was part of the congregation from Athorn, and um, so that that's quite a bit of uh, quite a bit of history. 
we're um, about to celebrate our 465th anniversary as a church um, just this next month. Wow, that's that's incredible. Um, would you tell us some of the ways that uh, a church or a church service at Athorn would be different from what we're used to here at Grace? And your girls were talking a little bit about how you differ even from other English preachers. And I can imagine that you're probably much more exegetical. But um, just tell us a little bit about that so we can get an idea of, you know, what the differences are. Okay. Um, I think the services over here will start a little, normally a little bit later than what we would be used to in America. You know, the early service is 11 o'clock, <laughs> 11 o'clock a.m. So it um, gives you plenty of time to get up and have your cups of tea and whatever you need to do. Uh, but the service also would conclude in, at about 12 or 12, 15 um, so it's kind of a shorter service and a later service. But um, a lot of the main elements that are included in the service would be pretty much the same as we would have at Grace Community. Choir. Yeah, we don't have the choir. Sorry. Don't have a choir. <laughs> but you do have a silver band. We do, yes. yes. But they don't play every week. They just play uh, sort of special services, but they rehearse every week. And in fact, they rehearse on a Sunday before the service. Yeah, and one of the one of the great things about the the silver band is that they get kids, young kids, involved very early on, learning to play the trumpet or learning to play some horn or something when they're just little kids, and they sort of stick with that, and that's part of something that they do in the morning, and of course that leads right into the main service, and so there they are, magically. Uh, part of either Sunday club or in the main service or whatever. So it's another it's another means of connecting with kids. It sounds uh, yeah, it sounds brilliant. You're drawing children into the church, and what parent doesn't want their child to learn to play an instrument? And so the parent has to come along as well, probably right. And I also noticed online that you have a kids club. I'm not sure if that's what you called it, but. Um, something I believe it met on Wednesdays. Is that correct? Wednesday morning? Yeah. Well, I have a, I run a like a mums and toddlers group. So I don't know what you call mummy and me or something. I don't know. Um, so that's just for a community outreach. I run that. Um, so we meet on a Wednesday morning and uh, we have uh, somewhere around 30 children that are sort of registered. They won't all show up every week. We'll be quite quite busy if they did. <laughs> um, so I do. We do craft. We have stories. Um, I do a music session for them once a month. Um, so it's just a sort of opportunity. I always think of these things less for the children as more, but more for the mothers. And we have some dads actually who come along as well. Mm. Sign of the modern times. Um, so I just think of them as just sort of a place to meet other parents and chat. And um, it, it's good. We build relationships. We have, there are about three of us who do it, and we try to really build relationships with them. Part of that trying to sort of encourage people to think about spiritual things. So, so what percentage of those um, kids have believing parents, do you think? 
Oh, um, three or four of them probably have parents that come to the church. So they are parents that come to the church who come, and then the majority of them are not. But obviously some of the ones that come are friends with people who come to the church. So, And we've had some of them come at Holiday Club or to Christmas services or something. You know, they have... Some of them have popped in to do various things. And we do try to keep them informed about what's going on with the church so that, you know, if they suddenly felt inclined to come along, that they would know something was happening. So it's good. Well, that's a great way to draw people in and just help them to see that the church is not there to hurt anyone. <laughs> you know, just so they, you know, people are so afraid sometimes to go into a church building, but, you know, there that's brilliant. You guys have thought of a great way. Um, is there anything else you do, you know, to evangelize your community there that you can tell us about? Yeah, we also are, are in the schools. And, yeah. uh, I have the opportunity to go to two different um, primary schools, elementary schools. And um, that is a huge opportunity to be able to talk to kids. And we're given, you know, a topic but once, you know, you take the topic and you can develop that um, in lots of different ways and communicate truth about God to kids. So um, I have good relationships with the, the um, head teachers there and uh, everything, you know, is um, going very well in that regard. Wow. Uh, we also have Friday night Bible, uh, Friday night um, youth club where I have a chance to speak to the older youth. Um, some are church kids and some are outside the church. Um, but they usually have uh, games and they do fun stuff and they have food and things like that. And then they have to listen to me for about 15 minutes. They're usually very tolerant. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, that's another opportunity. We've also got um, a Christianity Explored course uh, that, we, that we run fairly frequently. And we're planning to run another one of those uh, in the summertime. So we're gearing up for that as well. Well, that's great. I mean, you guys sound, seem like you're, you know, have brilliantly found ways to, to let people become comfortable with you and draw them in. Um, it's amazing that, Rick, you have the opportunity to go and teach in the schools. You know, that is pretty much unheard of here. So what a blessing. Um, do you want to tell us a little bit about your church family, uh, like, are you all internationally diverse at all, or is everybody... Yeah, tell us a little bit about your family there, your church family. Well, generally Brits, but there's also... I mean, we have Russians, we have people South from Africa. South Africa, yeah. India, Philippines. Uh, Philippines, so... Um, Dutch. Oh, yeah, Dutch as well. So it's very diverse, so... Now, are these people people that have been there for many years, or do you have a lot of people that move and then move away? And Well, most of these people are people that are members and people that have been here for quite some time. Uh, we do have uh, some that have to move because of business, and we've lost you know, some of our members through uh, people having to move for work and things like that. Um, but we've gained some as well. So, you know, it just uh, depends.
Um, Rick, I noticed that one of your goals is to train young men or to train men up in the church. And I just, I don't know if you're doing anything about that, but I just thought I would go ahead and ask if how that is going as well. Yeah, I mean, we have a, a meeting on, on Saturday mornings, um, getting the men together and going through, uh, we usually go through a book, we do uh, doctrinal studies and things like that. So um, that's kind of one of the opportunities that we have. And then sometimes we'll have a, a men's breakfast, which is going to be more than the normal sort of cereal or something you might grab, uh, you know, and we, we do all the full English breakfast stuff, you know. Which, if you had that every every week, would be uh, would be way too much. But um, that also brings in a wider group of guys. Um, plus, we get together uh, for going out for uh, Indian curry, which is quite popular, and so we we enjoy that uh, from time to time with the guys. No ladies allowed. So, so what is a full English breakfast? <laughs> Well, let's see. Uh, <laughs> eggs, bacon, maybe sausage, toast. Um, fried tomato. Fried tomato. Baked beans, maybe. Mm. Um, Did you say bacon? Yeah, I think I said bacon. bacon yeah, yeah, sausage. Um, it's just a huge, huge plate of food. <laughs> more, more than you would sort of normally eat in a week. <laughs> but it's, uh, it's one of those things that... Um, people really enjoy who come from other places and um, I can't remember there was some dignitary uh, who came to was it I'm not sure who it was some dignitary came to England and and said that they when they had the full English breakfast that would last them the entire day they wouldn't need to eat anything the rest of the day so wow that does it does sound big that's I think I have been there before, many years ago, and been served baked beans for breakfast, which I thought was strange. (laughs) But they've got a lot of protein, so that's probably good. (laughs) So um, is there anything else that you want to tell us about your ministry? I tried to kind of research you guys just so I would know what to ask you, but only you really know, you know, what's going on there. Maybe even share prayer requests with us, ways that we can pray for you guys. Yeah, I mean, uh, the we're, um, you know, trying to, to be a, a point of light, an outpost in the midst of uh, darkness and um, liberalism and all sorts of things. Um, so we would appreciate your prayers. Um, could pray for uh, unity in in the congregation. That's that's important uh, for for my um, preaching. Um, that uh, God would use that. We need to see more people saved. Obviously, that's uh, a, a big um, point. And uh, that our evangelism would be effective and uh, that we, we would see people actually come to Christ. Uh, we have been very successful, I think, in building some good relationships over a number of years, particularly recently. And uh, we just like to capitalize on those relationships and um, be able to share more of the gospel because we built those bridges. We built the connection with the people. Um, it's just... Uh, praying that God would give us the ability to uh, communicate the gospel effectively to them. And that might be through using uh, the Christianity Explored course 
you know, beginning with them and then inviting them to attend this course where we can explain uh, more fully what, what, uh, what it means to be a Christian. So how do you feel that living over there has affected you and, um, and your girls, you know, both of you, if you, Sean, if you want to answer this, please do. Um, I mean, you're from there, so, <laughs> but. You know. I, I don't feel affected at all, really. Um, and the girls have, were born here and they've always lived here. So I don't think they would describe themselves as affected at all. It's what they're used to. Um, so it's more likely that it's affected Rick because he's the one who experienced something different growing up. So that's a better question for Rick. Now I'll find out how he feels about it. Come on, Rick. How have you been affected? Yeah. <laughs> well, I think it's uh, changed changed my accent a bit. Yes. I've learned a whole new vocabulary. Sure. And uh, I've gotten used to some very different weather. Uh, Southern California is sort of warm and dry and all that, and it's very cold and wet, and the the winter is very dark, you know. And it's uh, it's great when spring springs along because you're um, you, you know the so d cold dark times during the winter time. But uh, those are small things. Really, I'm doing the same thing in this country that I would do in America. It's um, just doing things slightly differently and maybe trying to be aware of the cultural issues and the things that I need to be careful uh, in regard to. And so the great thing about being married to a Brit is I've had someone who's a resident teacher on British culture that I've been living with for the last 22 years, 22 years. So uh, just checking. Um, but yeah, that that is the the thing. L understanding British culture and trying to work within the culture instead of um, doing things that would alienate me from the culture. I would think that also because everyone speaks English there, that that may be hard at times. Just remembering, wait a minute, just because they all speak English and they, you know, most people look pretty much like Americans or people who've moved to America that. Oh yeah, this is a totally different country, and and yeah, and that's so important because you can offend people or hurt their feelings. Or do you ever have struggles with that? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, all the time, all the time. So you know, you got to be on your toes, and you got to be um, paying attention to what's going on, you know, with people. Um, so I I do try to slow down. Um, I do try to not speak too quickly. I hope I'm not speaking too, too quickly today, <laughs> or too slowly, I guess. Um, but yeah, it's just being aware of those things. And um, people will usually tell me uh, after a service or in a quiet moment, they'll usually tell me where I'm going wrong. You know, if I've said the wrong thing or I've, I've uh, you know, made a faux pas of some kind, they usually are kind enough to tell me. And then I do a note to self not to do that anymore. Mm. So, uh, after 16 years, I, I know most of the faux pas. <laughs> <laughs> so. yeah. How large is your church? Well, we're, we're running around, I think, 60 adults or so and about 40 plus kids. 
sometimes it looks like the exodus on Sunday morning when the kids get up to leave and go to their Sunday school classes. You know, it's quite uh, amazing. But that's a huge benefit because there's a lot of churches around that don't have any kids at all. So the fact that we have kids, younger kids, kids in Sunday school, we have older youth, that's unprecedented in lots of churches. So that's another feature. That's another thing that draws people in uh, because they realize that they can bring their kids and there's somebody to hang out with. Yeah. And so very grateful for that. A church that doesn't have kids or families is going to be dead in the next, what, 10, 20 years. So you guys at least are alive and growing. That's wonderful. You know, I didn't get any of your personal prayer requests. Do you have anything personally that we can pray for you about? Yeah, <laughs> my shoulder's a bit sore. <laughs> I've got I've got a frozen shoulder or something like that. Um, that's what they call it. It just a lot of pain in the shoulder, really. Um, I don't know why I get them. I got the I got the other one a couple of years ago, and uh, of course they they have no explanation as to what causes it. But uh, that's just something that uh, is a bit of a pain. Um. Um, I'm working with a mom, um, mom, wife in the church. So if you could pray for that, they have some marital issues. So I've been working with her. Okay. Thank you. Well, our time is pretty much up, so I'm going to go ahead and pray for you all. Is there anything else you want us to pray for before we start? I think that's, uh, yeah, I mean, we, we could go on for another half an hour, <laughs> but we'll leave it at that, I think. Okay, well, we're going to go ahead and pray for you, and then um, then we'll show you the ladies in the room. You might even know someone in here, who knows? <laughs> Lord, we just thank you so much for Rick and Sean and Megan and Karis, and um, just thank you so much for just preparing them for the ministry you have them in there, Lord, in England. And Lord, uh, I'm sure sometimes it can be discouraging just to be in a place where people really don't want to hear about you. And um, and yet we know that they need you so badly, Lord. And uh, we just pray that you would encourage Sean and uh, Rick just, you know, with your grace and your glory and your goodness and just continue to help them to have your joy, Lord, and just to just to to continue on even though it can be discouraging. And Lord, we just pray that um, in their church that you would work in the hearts of the members there and just to help them to be teachable and just help them to desire to obey you, Lord, and to have unity and to love one another. Lord, we just pray that um, you would just work there. And um, so many times we know that um, when things happen in the church, you can, you can use that, Lord, to help people to um, see, see, the, um, see the, their behavior is not correct or something. And we just pray that you would work in this church and help them just to go to your word and um, to look to you, Lord, we pray. Lord, we pray for, for Rick. We just pray that you continue to encourage him as he's teaching, um, you know, both Sunday mornings and Sunday evenings and 
just pray that you would continue to give him wisdom and encouragement as he prepares these messages. And Lord, we just pray that you would help him to um, help people who are listening to him to, to understand your word and uh, to understand their need for you and their need for repentance, Lord. And we pray that you would draw people to yourself and um, just please continue to provide people who are coming into the church um, that are interested in you, Lord. Please open people's eyes, Lord, and glorify yourself, Lord, there we pray. Just pray that people might come in and see a difference and see your your glory and and the joy in the hearts of the believers there, Lord, we pray. Please continue to um, give Rick wisdom as he's leading this church and um, and just even cultural wisdom, even though he's been there so many years. Please help him to continue to love them there and just to, to be kind and uh, respectful of the people there, but also to, to just be a real magnet of your glory and your joy, Lord, we pray. And Please watch over Sean as um, she's teaching music and uh, taking care of the girls and involved in ministry there as well. We just pray that you would bless her also and give her wisdom in her relationships and especially with this um, woman who's struggling in her marriage that she's been able to encourage. We just pray that you would give her wisdom in, in that relationship also, Lord. Help her to be an encouragement. And Lord, we pray also just for Rick's shoulder. We pray that that would um, improve. We just pray that um, you would guide him and show him maybe how to care for it or provide a doctor or someone who can help him with that, Lord, we pray. And we just pray that you continue, continue to bless them. And please watch over their girls. We just pray that you would um, continue to work in their hearts and minds and bring them to a saving knowledge of you also, Lord, we pray. And just um, guide them and bless them, Lord, as they grow. In your name we pray. Amen. Amen. Well, it's been a real joy to talk to you. Um, David, uh, you know David, you talked to him and did a little Skype with him. He's behind the camera and he's going to show you the ladies in the room. Thanks so much again for making time for us. I know you guys are busy. It sounds like you know, um, your church isn't that big, but on the other hand, your staff is extremely small. <laughs> <laughs> yes. So I'm sure you're very, very busy, and um, we appreciate you giving us this time, and we'll be praying for you. Uh, we love you guys, and sorry that we don't get to see you that often or, you know, even encourage you that much, really, but know that we do care about you, and we're going to be keeping you in prayer, Okay. Great. Thank Thanks very much. Thank you. Take care. Bye-bye. Okay. Bye-bye.